0: Hi, this is Angel DiCarlo. By now, I'm sure you've heard the commercials about Elevate 150 from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. My wife and I took part in the free financial checkup and got Redeemer Radio $150, so pretty awesome there. But we also got a lot more. Notre Dame FCU helped us out with a bunch of items that we have been pushing off for a while. Now we're in a much better position financially thanks to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Now it's your chance for better financial health. Sign up for a free checkup at NotreDameFCU.com Elevate.
1: Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports
0: Saturdays. For just the fourth time since the Lou Holtz era, Notre Dame Stadium will host a top 10 showdown today as ninth ranked 4-0 Notre Dame plays host to 7th ranked and 3-0 Cincinnati. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, so glad to be with you this morning, joined as always by Kevin Downey. So much to cover this morning. Maybe a little rain, or we're live on Facebook and YouTube, (laughs) so you can watch us on there as well, trying that out for the first time. And who knows who's playing quarterback for Notre Dame here today? Lots of connections between Notre Dame and Cincinnati. When you go through the list, it might take about eight minutes of the show just to read it off, let alone to evaluate. And then uh, Kevin, they are certainly riding a lot of momentum into this one after an incredible uh, fourth quarter last week against Wisconsin, down 13-10 early in the fourth, and then they rip off... 31 points in a row and they just found a way to win. I mean, they've more than found it. They emphatically (laughs) put their statement in on how they won that one. Uh, 21 of those points and special teams and defense to win 41, 13, uh, might as well get your early thoughts on, on that performance and, and that momentum that it brings into this game against Cincinnati here today.
1: Well, I was definitely wrong. I thought that Wisconsin was the better team, but, uh, clearly uh, I was even nervous about the defense and they definitely made a statement. I, they just played so much more aggressive, um, and they kind of took some of the space out of it. So they they uh, closed down their cushions, and they were more aggressive in the defensive backfield, and definitely more aggressive up front. Um, I mean, it was impressive. I <laughs> again, I guess, anytime you uh, count them out, they they come back.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was well, and it, it was
1: close. Th- they always play to level their competition, so but it's
0: exciting. Is, but this is different than the way they came back against Toledo True. and, you know, I mean, they, they put a statement down in that fourth quarter and it was and, a
1: huge game.
0: Yeah. And, and it was a defensive and special teams mm-hmm. statement. Chris Tyree's, I mean, kickoff. Yeah. Re- was I mean, so just, much energy. <laughs> you know, first one <laughs> since 2016 and wow, it was, it was 25
1: run. It was like rocket Ishmael was channeled. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it
0: was great to see. And then the defense coming through and now the big, Question as we head into today, you know, is the defense that good? Graham Mertz that bad? I can tell you this one. I think Graham Mertz is that bad, Uh, but uh, maybe the defense is much better in that regard. All right. On tap on this morning's show, Irish quarterback Jack Cohn banged up, but improving Drew Drew Pine did well in relief last week. Tyler Buckner apparently back to his old self. So what happens at quarterback? Insane amount of connections, as we mentioned, between Notre Dame and Cincinnati. We'll break it down. Our interview guest today is former Irish captain Rocky Boyman. Cincinnati native, native, lives there, hosts a radio show there, gives his unique perspective. Plus, he reflects back on his time at Notre Dame, his faith. And a great story about almost quitting football right before he ended up winning a Super Bowl. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Cincinnati today. Unlike last week, Graham Mertz, since he has one of the nation's best quarterbacks in Desmond Ritter. And, of course, we'll continue to chat about Notre Dame's Achilles heel, the offensive line, and the run game. And you can vote on who wins today at Ange DiCarlo on Twitter to cast your vote. It apparently, everyone's buying in after Wisconsin, the Notre Dame fans. A couple weeks ago when we asked, "Yeah, how many wins do you think they're going to win now after the Toledo game? Yeah. Uh, Those numbers came down. Now? Wow. Uh, Cincinnati's (laughs) the favorite here today. It's not in the uh, Notre Dame Twitterverse. I can tell you that much right now. And uh, let's start with the top 10 showdown. Uh, Only USC in 05, Stanford in 18. Clemson last year as Notre Dame Stadium hosted a top 10 matchup since the Holtz era. Cincinnati now the only ranked team on Notre Dame's schedule Kevin if the Irish get through today you can legit start talking about whether or not this team will go undefeated the, the rest of the way because they will be the favorite in every game after this week if they win here today
1: well and I think it's just interesting uh I mean Cincinnati's has a lot of guys back and they're really good but I personally think uh especially after the fourth quarter against Wisconsin, Notre Dame should be ranked higher, but it does make for a great storyline. And I think it'll be definitely an exciting game, um, especially in the home setting. No,
0: it, it will be. And you know, Notre Dame boasts a 26 game home win streak, but they are underdogs here by two points today. So is that motivation? Brian Kelly asked about that this week.
2: Not really. I mean, they understand, you know, what protecting the home field is i mean they've done it 26 times in a row you know this is much more about two top 10 teams and you know you you got to go out and attack your opponent i mean you can't sit around and wait i mean this is a heavyweight fight if you're just going to dance around and wait you're going to get knocked out this is a really good football team so uh, you got to come out swinging you got to be aggressive and um you got to take it to um your opponent when you have two top 10 teams playing um you better come out ready to go, or you're gonna get knocked out.
0: Yeah, a big start is is a great way to get going here. It'll be a packed house. It'll be interesting to see if Cincinnati can handle the environment. We never, we yeah. don't often talk about Notre Dame Stadium being a hostile <laughs> environment for an opposing team, but they got rattled earlier in Bloomington
1: at IU. Yeah. So maybe. Well, and again, they're undefeated, but I'm. I'm- Pretty sure that Notre Dame State was going to have a different feel than, you know, against Miami of Ohio, Murray State. And then, like you said, Indiana was packed. It was, it was yeah. a full sold out game. But, um, yeah, no, there's going to be some pressure for him for sure. I mean, it wasn't like they were at
0: Georgia or at Michigan in, in, yeah. in week three that they felt that, or, or Penn State or Ohio State. So, um, and then you, you kind of understand it in that regard, but it'll be interesting to see if they can handle the the environment. By the way, this is the first time Notre Dame and Cincinnati are playing since the epic battle in 1900. <laughs> I love that. Set. That uh, <laughs> Notre Dame won 58 to nothing. Cincinnati, Throw all the history out the window on. Cincinnati much improved uh, since that game back in 1900 when uh, Notre Dame uh, got the win. Okay, uh, let's... Let's talk about the connections in this game. There's a lot of storylines beyond the game itself. Uh, you know, certainly last week, Brian Kelly passed New Rockney for the most wins in Notre Dame history. Where he coached before, he came to Notre Dame with Cincinnati. Yeah. For three seasons, he went 34-6, and six, including an undefeated regular season in his final year in 2009. The bigger connection in terms of how it might impact today's game is defense coordinator Marcus Freeman, spent the previous four seasons at Cincinnati as their defensive coordinator. You know, he's recruited all these players. Uh, One player said this week uh, they'd like to prove Coach Freeman wrong on his decision to leave and say, "Mm, you probably should have stayed here. Um, And Freeman was the linebacker. Freeman's linebackers coach at Ohio State was Cincy coach Luke Fickle. So a lot of connections there, and that's going to be an interesting storyline here today. Who would you say – I would say Freeman's got to have Notre Dame's got to have the advantage in terms of he knows everybody on that team. That's got to be a big advantage for Notre Dame in terms of knowing that personnel versus obviously Cincinnati has an advantage because they know, you know, scheme. They know the scheme really well too, right? Mm -hmm. So, which one do you give the advantage to—the players or the coach—in this regard?
1: Um, I almost think in this regard it's going to be the uh, the scheme because I I think um, you know. week after week day after day spring ball everything you're you're going your stuff your offense against your defense so freeman's gonna know uh what little annoyance things or what things that you can break down and really get after the uh cincinnati offense and then it's great that freeman is a great recruiter and knows all these players and there's that tie but again, how much time is he going to sit and explain to the offensive coordinator, Tommy or that, you know, the O-line coach, well, this D-lineman's pretty good, but, you know, he has a little trouble moving laterally. I'd try to stretch. Like, there's just not that much interaction <laughs> between the two Well, groups.
0: and that, there's an, that's an interesting perspective of whether or not there was. You know, Brian Kelly gets vague on these yeah. questions because he doesn't want to make it seem like they're taking an unfair advantage, which they're not. I mean, you... You figure out a way to win the game, right? Outside of stealing signs, that's something you don't do. But, you know, well, (laughs) some coaches do. Some coaches don't. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, but at the same time, okay, let's ask this. We asked this about Jack Cohn last week. Correct. um, Against Wisconsin. Desmond Ritter. Is it an advantage for Marcus Freeman that he's faced Desmond Ritter in practice every year? Or is it an advantage for Desmond Ritter that he knows what to expect from a Marcus Freeman defense? Different personnel. But yeah. I, I think it might be more of an advantage for Freeman in this regard because he knows Ritter so well.
1: Well, and then the scheme, I mean again, their their defenses are so similar. You can still see right. the impact. Um and after the fourth quarter last week, I'm a little bit <laughs> higher on the performance of the defense. But basically, you know, they do a lot of uh a lot of pressures, a lot of um mixing up the coverages, but at the end of the day, there's a timeline with this. And, you know, when Kelly said that they're going to be, you know, really aggressive, it, to me, I think that both teams are going to have the same game plan defense, be super aggressive, blitz, do twists, do all, you always have four man, five man, six man rushes, um, really put pressure on both offensive lines. So, again, if anything, I, we talk a lot or there's a lot of talk about the Cincinnati uh, skill players, but I think it's going to come down to both offensive lines. Cincinnati's, I don't know they they return a starter right. or two, but who have they played? <laughs> like, yeah. and then you know uh, Notre Dame's offensive line moves have been documented, especially the left side. Um, yeah, I don't. I think it's who handles the defensive pressure best because they're going to bring it. Both teams defensively, it's going to be exciting. Well, and I was going to say to counter that, who which defense
0: makes a big play positively, and which defense gives, gives up. up a big <laughs> play negatively? Because yeah, it's. Feast or famine with this defense, right? We saw that early on. You gave up some big plays, and now you're not. Now you're playing a much better quarterback. I mean, Desmond Ritter's first throw of the season was an 81-yard touchdown pass. I know it was against Miami of Ohio, but he's a deep threat ball. Notre Dame hasn't faced that in a, in a little True. Bit. So th- those things make a difference. All right, uh, continuing on with the connections. It yeah. doesn't end with just <laughs> Kelly and Freeman. <laughs> Cornerbacks coach Mike Mickens is a Cincinnati alum, played for Brian Kelly, Cincinnati assistant in 2018-2019. Defensive line coach Mike Elston and offensive line coach Jeff Quinn were Kelly assistants at Cincinnati. Cincy offensive coordinator Mike Dembrock has had two tours at Notre Dame, including yep. under Brian Kelly, from 2010 to 2016, I don't know if there's as much an advantage there for either side simply because he's been gone for so long. So he doesn't have that advantage in terms of knowing – the, the and Brian Kelly's
1: offense has evolved, evolved a lot, too.
0: Now, he knows Tommy Reese really well. True. <laughs> so that might help, but then he's got to right. go tell the defense and stuff like that. So that's a little di- different. Now, he also knows Marcus Freeman. Right.
1: Every That gets back to everyday practice, so, spring ball. So he knows Marcus best.
0: Freeman, so that might yeah. help him in that regard. Uh, now And also, Cincinnati wide receiver Michael Young... Transferred from Notre Dame, played at Notre Dame from 2017 to 2019. Yep. He's since his 2nd leading receiver, eight receptions, 110 yards. What I remember of Michael Young, look, he's going to be feast or famine today. He's either going to be so pumped it works against him, or he's going to have a great day. I don't see him being the type of guy who has three catches for 30 yards today. He's either going off for six catches for 140,
1: or it's be a or he's
0: run. got two drops and he's done nothing in this game. So, I, I, and that's something to watch in this game as well. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Notre Dame quarterback situation. Jack Cohn hurt his ankle against Wisconsin. Kelly said Wednesday that Cohn was farther along than he anticipated. Mm-hmm. He split first team reps with Drew Pine. I thought Drew Pine looked really good last week when yeah. he came in against Wisconsin. What were your thoughts on
1: the way Pine played, uh, last week when he came in in relief? I was really impressed. I mean, he was really mobile. He, uh, had a little channeled a little bit of ian book where he could move in the pocket and still throw um it it would be tough because with cone you do know that you have that experience and it's an older guy and it may be good big picture to kind of bring in drew pine a little bit at a time um honestly. (laughs) Fourth quarter, kind of like the defense went off. I thought that he really settled in and and played really well. And again, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback. You don't have more than three, four seconds back there. Because it's either, again, it's kind of a scheme thing. They either drop back, pass, or they run. There's no in the middle. So to me, that puts a lot more pressure on the quarterback. There's not play action or moving the guy around intentionally the quarterback. But yeah, I was impressed with Drew Pine, to be honest with you. For yeah. a young guy, I mean that, yeah, I I was big too. stage.
0: And then let's get Tyler Buckner allegedly is back in the mix. Yeah, Brian the Kelly. runaround
1: guy. He's he's a heck of an athlete. The way Brian
0: <laughs> Kelly talked this week, this time it finally feels like Buckner is playing. That he's back to his old self. Now, the way he talked about Jack Cohen, eh? Nah, I'm feeling like that's like one of those. Yeah, he's doing better. He's doing better, and then ultimately, it's Pine that starts. Here's the thing, Buck. I mean, Brian Kelly could always surprise us, right? He does, but he does like to surprise with you. quarterbacks. Yeah, but the way he's saying it's going to be either Cone or Pine is the starter, mm-hmm. and then Buckner returns to his role as that change of pace guy. Yeah, obviously, Buckner is a much bigger change of pace from Cone. Pine's yeah. in between. But it's not like Pine. You mentioned Ian Book. Yeah. The difference between Pine and Ian Book is Ian Book is a much better overall runner than than Pine is. True. Pine, Pine's good at escaping. Yeah, elusive. But maybe not going to then bust off a 13 yard run for a first down. But at least he's he's not a statue like Jack Cohn. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: I would think the answer today is go Pine Buckner. Unless Cone's 100%. Because even if Cone is 92%, that means he is worse off. He's less mobile. It's an ankle. He's yeah, less mobile than that's he was. A good point. He's less mobile than he was last the first four weeks with this offensive line. It's not Cone's fault, per se, right. that the offensive line is this bad. But it is. And I, so my thinking is Pine Buckner. What's your answer long term for the – I mean, not long term. Long term. Long term. Yeah. Long term. Long term. Drew it's Buck- Pine
1: should well, be pretty good for the future. Well, but I would.
0: I but would... I'm saying long term. Long term. It's Buckner next year probably. Well, and and um. But this year, I I don't know where you go the rest of the season, or do you not have to worry about answering that because you just let, you just see how it all shakes yeah, out.
1: I, I I would I was so uh, impressed with Drew Pine and how he finished. I would just let it go. I would honestly. I would probably start unless again he can't move at all i would start with cone just because of his his experience um and then you know pine knows the role of coming off the bench buckner knows the role of being the mix-up guy off the bench um so they could play three today technically i mean who it's knows the new trend right <laughs> like it's i don't know everybody's doing it playing multiple quarterbacks but i will say this brand kelly's pretty good at playing multiple quarterbacks he's he's move people around and inserted people where you're like, "Huh, I wouldn't do that." And at the end of the year, "Huh, that was a great decision." Well, where did it work most famously? It was actually at Cincinnati.
0: It's what got him the yeah. job at Notre Dame. Yeah, the two uh, quarterbacks. when <laughs> he was he he was running that, uh, you know, uh yeah. in, tw- in 2009, 12 years ago, which when it was not the norm to do two quarterbacks, right? So that's when it happened. All right, uh let's talk about this offensive line. <sighs> uh yeah, You know, they had three rushing yards last week against Wisconsin. They still won the game, but three rushing yards. Sounds like they finally might get Michael Carmody back at left tackle today. That'd be really good. Who knows? Because Kelly's kind of said he's a game time decision for the last couple weeks. We wait and see. Ah, Blake Fisher does not appear to be coming back this year, the way Kelly talked this week. He basically parked the brakes and is like, you know, this is a type of injury that could be more long term. Um so we're gonna wait till the training staff comes to us and tells us he's he's ahead of schedule. I'm like, ooh, that's a change from saying, Yeah, hey, we're gonna get him back behind the, the the bye week. So what you see is what you got.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure how much better they're gonna get. Well, to uh, Kelly's credit, at least as of the last four years, they've gotten better and better and better. When they identify a weakness, and they get better. This is one where it's it's pretty rough. Like it, especially um, especially on that left side, like you just wonder the personnel. I don't I don't understand totally the the fall off. To be honest with you, because I feel like that they're consistently recruiting good enough guys, and that they do a good enough job developing people. Um, you know, to Ilya's point last week, they don't do a lot to help those guys. Like, I, I think, you know, if they go uh, empty and I'm Cincinnati's new defensive coordinator, I'm going to zero blitz them and just make it a race because there's no way those five guys, they need the help of a running back at least. Well, they got at least they, at least they got the help
0: from Kyron last week on that one blitz pickup. He-
1: For sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I mean, oh, he's a more consistent blocker if you
0: look. You said that last week. You said he might yeah. be our best blocker. All right. Uh, let's bring in Ilya. He we haven't let him chime in and he's the one that got gave uh, uh multiple grades that we disagreed with last week and he proved to be sort of right. More right. Well, Thank you. I mean, more right than me. Anyway, offensive line, what's your thoughts on on where they're at right now and do you think they can get some rushing going today? Well,
3: first of all let's put some context behind the offensive line issues last week we all knew that they weren't going to run the ball on Wisconsin last week I mean Wisconsin that's their MO on defense today I'm honestly not sure because I think Cincinnati's strength is the secondary more than the front seven so if if they average like four or five yards a carry today I think we're going to have a good day today uh, four or five yards that a that would carry. be huge I mean if they they awesome. if, if average would three, be great if they averaged three yards a
0: carry, you'd probably be happy here today the way they have been playing last week it was I mean they had three total yards, and the running backs you take away the sacks were still only averaging I think it was one point seven yards per carry. Uh, let's hear from Caden Madden on what he has to say about the issues
3: on the offensive line
2: when you break down the
3: film it's it's not like we're we're way off we're just a little things. Right now, it's the biggest thing is just having a, a more attention to detail to small things and just stop overthinking. I think we're overthinking. it putting too much pressure on ourselves. Just go and play ball. It's at the end of the day, it's football.
0: Uh, I mean, people watching on Facebook and YouTube saw my reaction when he said <laughs> it's just little things. I mean, I don't know what to expect them to say, but I wish yeah. I actually wish this offensive line would actually like just take ownership of the situation and rather instead of saying we're almost there, actually say, you know, we're not playing to the level we want to play and and just take ownership of it. None of them are doing it. Not one in all the interviews we've had have actually said we're not playing. the We're not playing good enough for this team and we
1: have to improve.
0: Just own it, you know, and no one's going to complain as much on that end. Well, I I problem. yeah,
1: they're not performing well, but I guess if you're looking for a recipe or a roadmap to improve, then yeah, they better focus on little things like some of their past sets or that he's right. Maybe they are overthinking it because it doesn't make sense to me. They're not consistent across the board Um, and it can't all be a physical thing like they're they were good recruits. They're good at, at offensive line development. So they definitely need to to pick it up, and again, that's going to be a huge key. Cincinnati will typically have three down linemen, and they'll bring one of their linebackers at least, and they twist and they they bring lots of pressure. Um, so it's kind of it's going to be feast or famine for sure on that side of the ball. <laughs> it feels like it was and famine and both <laughs> both right it, everywhere it's <laughs> feast famine all right big thank you to
0: tyra for all the support of our internship program that we run with students from saint joseph and marion high schools here in Michigan. the students receive practical college level internship experience helping out with our broadcast of high school football wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at tyrak more tires great prices visit Tirec.com. all right notre dame defense uh we won't spend a Bulk of time here. We'll talk about them probably end the show in terms of facing off with Desmond Ritter. No Kurt Heinish again this week. They do expect him back next week. Howard Cross played really well in mm-hmm. his place. Camp Hart had two interceptions. And now here's where we're seeing the defense and those that aggressive play working out to their advantage. But let me ask you this, Kevin. Was last week more about the Irish defense or more about Graham Mertz being horrible?
1: I ooh. I guess they 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 vastly improved from the first three games. Yes. In especially that fourth quarter but even second half. It was the whole game. So I I think it's them improving but you you do have to take into account that that guy uh, merch had a rough mm, one. It like was, the interception. So they the first touchdown was uh, the outside receiver on trips came in caught the ball scored awesome. The next three times they did it, there was a pass breakup and then two interceptions. It was the same play and they're thrown to the wide side of the field. Like, huh? That's amazing. Notre Dame got so much better. No, you're choosing. Like, what are you
0: choosing? Why are you doing that? Well, they, they're they're doing uh, Angelo's style when he played quarterback in backyard football. It's like, <laughs> hey, that run five. Do yards that one e- again. Yeah, let's do it again. It worked. <laughs> it worked that first time. <laughs> and that, that's what we did in backyard football back in the day. All right, uh, we'll talk about now, the Irish defense versus Desmond Ritter uh, later on during our game day sprint. Coming up, we'll dive deeper into the matchup with Cincinnati including Brian Kelly's thoughts on Desmond Ritter as well, but up next, our conversation with former Irish captain Rocky Boyman. A lot of great stories here. He's from Cincinnati, lives there now so he knows all about the Brian Kelly, Marcus Freeman storylines plus some great talk about his days at Notre Dame in the NFL and his face. that That's next Another name Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Red Radio. This is Leonard DiLorenzo, host of Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. On Church Life Today, we talk with pastoral leaders and scholars about some of the most important theological, social, and ministerial issues in the church, digging deeper than sound bites or hot takes. If that sounds good to you, join us on Mondays during the noon hour right here on Redeemer Radio
4: or pick up episodes wherever you get your podcasts or directly at Spokestreet.com slash churchlife.
0: Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for more than 80 years. Get a debit or credit card from Notre Dame FCU. Take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Member O not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You're share values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here. Ilya Glassman chiming in as well throughout the show. But right now it's time for our Focus on Faith interview with Rocky Boyman, former Notre Dame linebacker and captain of the 2001 Notre Dame team. Spent eight seasons in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl with the Colts. Cincinnati native, he lives and raises his family in his hometown, hosts a daily radio show there in Cincinnati, Cincinnati and is an ESPN college football analyst. He knows the mood in Cincinnati uh, about today's game Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman. We also discuss his days at Notre Dame, a great story uh, about how he almost quit football uh, before winning a Super Bowl. And then also we discuss, of course, his faith because it is the Focus on Faith interview here with former Notre Dame captain Rocky Boyman. All right, Rock, just give us the mood in Cincinnati this week. Uh, obviously a top 10 showdown. It's a pro town. But is there is there a lot of buzz for Notre Dame Cincinnati in a top 10 matchup, especially with Brian Kelly and Marcus Freeman and all those intangibles around it?
4: Yeah, Angela, that's a great question, and thanks for having me. Uh, no, there's certainly palpable buzz here in Cincinnati. As you mentioned, it's definitely a Reds and Bengals town. But within the last couple years, you know, you see in the success that they have had, you know, double-digit wins, I think the last four seasons um, has really put the Bearcats on the map. And also, to be honest, um, with the, uh, the lack of winning from the Reds and the Bengals over the years, this town is just – starved for some sort of positive news some sort of team to get behind and right now it's the Bearcats and as you mentioned just the fact with Brian Kelly's you know relationship with UC and then of course Marcus Freeman um, it's definitely shaping up to be a a huge huge game and something that uh, a lot a lot of fans are talking about.
0: All right, we'll talk about maybe the game itself a little bit more at the, the the back end, but I did want to ask you about Brian Kelly becoming Notre Dame's all-time wins leader uh last week. What's his reputation like in Cincinnati at the moment? Obviously, I understand there was, you know, there was bad blood in maybe the way he handled the departure when he first left. Has that dissolved? Are people like on good terms? Like they 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 view him favorably again or what what kind of is the mood of the town in in terms of Brian Kelly?
4: It's an interesting question because I, I do feel that there's a lot of just hardcore UC fans that will never forget um, their, you know, how Brian Kelly left and their, their you know, their, their thoughts on that. From my perspective, th- there's never a good way to leave a program. When do you do it? When do you not do that? And, and I always ask people if your absolute dream job, the job you've been dreaming about since you were very, very little, came up. Would you not take that job? Of course you would. And and just how the semantics of how the seasons and signing periods and all that work, there's no easy way to do it. I don't think it was a fault of Brian Kelly. Maybe should he should have, could he have done some things differently? Yes. But um, I, I think some fans have kind of let it go, but your hardcore Bearcat fans, that still really, really sticks in their crawl.
0: What are your impressions as a Notre Dame alum, a f- former captain on the football team, of the job that Brian Kelly has done in in, in his time to now pass Newt Rockney, which seems obviously, as he said, he hasn't won those national championships, but to pass Newt Rockney seems like that wouldn't have never have happened.
4: Yeah, I, I I've been very happy with the job Brian Kelly's done, and, and I know about the futility in the playoff and against top ten teams and, and all that, and and I always get the question, Angelo. Why why can't why isn't Notre Dame better? Why why can't they break through? And and I always answer with to me it's it's amazing that they're as good as they are. I mean you're talking about a school that's geographically isolated. It's cold. You actually have to go to class. Um, you know every school is on TV anymore, so Notre Dame doesn't have that working for them. So there, there's a it's hard at Notre Dame. You, you live up there. You know what it's all about. So the fact that they're still in the playoff conversation, if not in the playoff. Every year, I, I think, is, is is tremendous. And as far as Brian Kelly goes, okay, are, is there a, maybe a better coach out there? Maybe, but, but who? Name a person right now, not named Urban Meyer, that you would guarantee you bet your life that would come in and do a better job under the circumstances with all the things that Brian Kelly has to deal with. I don't know the name of that coach. Someone you could guarantee would do a better job. Um, so with all that said, I, I think he's doing a good job.
0: Rocky Boyman joining us here, former Notre Dame captain and linebacker, now an ESPN analyst and host his daily radio show there in Cincinnati, his hometown. Rocca, uh, let's just talk about you growing up in Cincinnati and, and your experiences in life and what was it like being a, a Cincinnati boy and, and now being back at home and, and being able to you know have your own radio show there, live there, and grow your family in Cincinnati.
4: Yeah, it's great. I mean, Cincinnati is is a great town, uh, you know, especially just kind of the surrounding uh, suburban areas of it. And uh, it, it's a, it's a Catholic town. It's a Notre Dame town, you know, which is a, a big reason why uh, I told my second grade teacher that uh, I wanted to go to Notre Dame and I wanted to be a captain and I want to play football. Notre Dame definitely means something here in Cincinnati. I'm honored to have grown up here and now be back here and, and raising my family and, and doing my thing after I retired from the NFL and, you know, to work on the local local radio stations, 700 WLW, if you've lived or been around Cincinnati, you know that that's a that's a huge station. Um, and to grow up listening to that station and, and now have a drive time slot on it uh, Monday through Friday, three to six is, is pretty cool.
0: You mentioned Brian Kelly got his dream job in Notre Dame and you kind of just hinted at Notre Dame was your dream school. Is that is that fair to say? And And, and why was that?
4: I don't know. I I think, uh, again, I think just the fact that, um, you know, my dad was Catholic and growing up Notre Dame is is a Catholic town and, and he liked Notre Dame. So I was watching Notre Dame games when I was little and, you know, and you know, so obviously it's hard to not get hooked on, on Notre Dame when you're seeing the success. I mean, think, I mean, keep in mind at eight years old, a very impressionable age, is one Notre Dame won its a uh, national championship, you know. So, my God, well, that's perfect timing for a, for a guy like me and who also grew up, uh, you know, loving all the, the legends and Newt Rockney and the Four Horsemen and, and all these sort of things and era season. So, I, I mean, I, I, I dove into it uh, head first at an early age. And then, yeah, to, to be able to, to go there. And when when Bob Davy offered me a scholarship um, this summer going into my senior year, um, it was a dream come true, no question. Eight year old Rocky Boyman, who is his uh favorite guy? Oh, uh, you gotta be a Chris Zorch Chris Zorch or Michael Stonebreaker. I mean, come on, like Michael Stonebreaker, if you're a linebacker, a defensive guy like I was, how do you not like Michael Stonebreaker, right? So, you know, some of those guys in those uh you know late eighties, early nineties teams uh are legendary. I remember when I got to meet Chris Zorch it was like my you know I died and gone to heaven. You know, he and I are speaking at a, like a Notre Dame club of Chicago event. And I'm like, I, don't, I just am like, this is the greatest thing in the world. I'm sitting there, and he's probably like laughing because I'm geeking out over here. But uh, but it was cool. You know, during that
0: age range as, as a young kid, you, you mentioned your dad's Catholic and then you eventually uh, go through the RCIA program to become Catholic. What was that experience like for you, Rocky, uh, going through that program and becoming Catholic?
4: Yeah, it was it was it was great because you know I'd kind of grown I I didn't grow up Catholic uh, from from youth um, but one of the things to be honest Angelo it was it was very important to my grandfather my dad's dad and and I'll never my dad always would tell me he said your your grandpa would always tell me look I'm not going to tell you how to raise your son you're going to do whatever you do but I I would I really would love for you to raise him Catholic and it didn't happen early on for whatever reason but um, at some point it was almost like him as a son kind of, um, fulfilling his father's wish, right. And kind of encouraging me to do it. And then, you know, I went to a, a public school first through sixth grade, but I knew I wanted to go to St. Xavier high school, which is a big Catholic school here in town. And, um, so my parents thought it'd be a good idea to start getting, you know, getting into that world a little bit. And then I, so I went to uh, St. James for seventh and eighth grade uh, here in town and then, uh, got got in the RCI program and got uh, got all three sacraments there on the Easter Vigil night, which was pretty cool. We got to learn a lot about the church and the, and the religion and everything, and um, I think it's been great.
0: Those Easter vigils are really long.
4: Uh, long, how- it's a long one, man. Two hours or more. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what uh, what was the experience being able to to be a part of that and you know be one of the focal points of it, right? Get, getting all the the sacraments at one time uh, during the Easter Vigil Mass.
4: Yeah, it was cool because you know the whole church is there and there's only like, you know, five or six or seven people that are going through it. And it's like everyone's watching you and you know everyone's happy for you. And it's kind of like you're you're excited because you're you're becoming a part of the club officially, you know, you know what I mean? So uh it was neat. And to me, I'm a, a guy that likes to live his life by structure. And, you know, some churches are nothing against any of them and they're kind of loose and doing all this and that, but I like kind of things being having some order to it having some structure and we say this prayer at this time and that prayer at that time Uh, structure is what is. I think, uh, in general, has helped me to have some success in my life, and and I like that about the church.
0: Rocky Boyman, former Notre Dame captain, joining us here on our Focus on Faith interview in Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You know, obviously you had a great career at Notre Dame before you head off to the NFL, but what are the things that stick out in your mind about your days at Notre Dame that you still cherish to this day?
4: My junior year, we played uh, Nebraska at home. You might remember that game. I think that was like a one versus two matchup. And so it was a huge game, you know, Eric, you know, Frank Solich, Eric Crouch coming in and I'll never forget warming up for the game. And Jeff Fain, who was one of my good friends comes in, he'd already been out in the field. He goes, rock, the whole stadium is red. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's a lot of Nebraska fans in the stadium. I was like, okay. And I remember going out there and then obviously by the time the game started, the whole place was packed and, and we had a game, we, you know, and I had a, it's kind of my, game where I kind of arrived I had a couple of sacks and, and and played a pretty good game we wound up losing that game in overtime which which was absolutely crushing to me absolutely crushing I really wanted to win that game but that, that was like a you know I felt like I was a part of a big game in Notre Dame history you know what I mean all those games I looked up to and 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 watched all my career I felt like I, I got to actually to play in one of these big Notre Dame games so uh and you know, we had two good years when I was there, two bad years when I was there and fighting through some of the adversity with that. But uh, it was it's a tough place. No, Notre Dame was a tough place. It's not for everybody. And there's certainly things that you look around. Boy, things would be easier if I'd gone here, gone there. But I don't regret the decision one bit because I think at the end of the day, it, it helped make a man out of me. And I'm very, very proud and thankful I got the opportunity.
0: Obviously, you had a pretty good career in the NFL, eight years, and one of those, obviously, a Super Bowl with the Colts. You got to ask about it. You know, just going through that, have that opportunity to win a Super Bowl, be a part of that. What was that experience like?
4: Well, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's it's kind of a, a long story because if in my 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 2006 year was a one of the craziest. Um, worst yet most fulfilling years of my life. So I was done with my fourth year with the Tennessee Titans. I was a free agent. And long story short, I wound to sign with the Dallas Cowboys, a, a three-year deal. I'm going to go play for America's team. Well, for various reasons, it didn't work out. So long story short, I got cut. And I remember us being absolutely devastated. And and I was in my head, I was like, I'm done, man. I, I just f- forget this. I'm, I, you know, I was embarrassed. I was sad I was you know the whole thing and I'm and you know at that particular moment I was just like I don't want to do this anymore I'm kind of done with this and I remember calling my my parents who had been there through my athletic journey my entire life and I remember talking to my dad and he said look you know if you want to come home come on home no no problem he said but I just don't think you're done and it kind of pepped me up and we kind of thought about it prayed about it a little bit and Then uh, I got three phone calls. I got a call from Jeff Fisher, who was my former coach of the Titans, said, we'd love to have you back. I got a call from a guy named Nick Saban, who was the coach of the Miami Dolphins at the time. And he said, I would love to have you in Miami. And I got a call from Tony Dungy. And uh, and he said, we'd love to have you here. And at the time, Indianapolis being very close to Cincinnati, that that appealed to me. Uh, Also, playing football with Peyton Manning appealed to me. (laughs) Uh, So... uh, uh, long and boom I shot up there literally that that next morning hit the ground running and uh, contributed on that team I started I think you know, I don't know three or four games um, was a major contributor on special teams and, and won a Super Bowl so the again the the lesson there is man you never know it, it, it's about perseverance and you never know what's going to lie on the other side of that door and, and I mean how sick would I be if you and I were talking right now Angelo and I said yeah I had a really nice four-year NFL career and I got cut by the Cowboys and I just decided that man it it was done for me. Former
0: Notre Dame captain and football player Rocky Boyman joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Rocky I imagine that's uh, one of the topics you probably talk about in depth in in your new book Rocky's Rules.
4: Yeah absolutely yes my book uh, Rocky's Rules it's um, the subtitle is a playbook for becoming your best in challenging times And, and as I said earlier I'm a very principled, structured kind of guy, and I, I think there's certain ways you should live your life, I and mean, I there's certain ways I should live my life, and and what's important to me, and and kind of reasons why I've been able to accomplish a few things, and so over the years I would always think about what what are the the principles that are important to me, you know what what matters to me, and I would for years I would send myself text messages or emails or voice things, and, and you look around and I got like pages and pages of just just stuff, right? Stuff that I've written down and that I think is, this is important. I don't think that's important. That was kind of the genesis of the book. It's 11 principles. I mean, the first one is uh, prepare and one day your chance will come. And I tell a story about uh, being with a um, with the Titans and being frustrated because I wanted to be a starter and I wasn't. Um, so I kind of let my preparation go down, but then I kind of had a coach kind of kind of jolt me back into reality and get me back to being the guy that was always preparing and, and always working hard in and, and the game. It, it wound up working out. The starter ahead of me goes down. I jump in the game and wind up having a phenomenal game. And the lesson there is not just for football players, but for anybody, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that are frustrated. There's somebody above them in their corporate job or somebody above them in their sales department that they know they're better than, and they want to be, they want to be the guy um, but they're trapped right now for whatever reason. And to me, the lesson is just keep preparing, keep working, because your chance will come. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I be- firmly believe that your chance will come. It's just a matter of what you do when you get it.
0: The book's Rocky's Rules. You can find it on Amazon. Rocky Boyman joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Rocky what are your impressions of Marcus Freeman you know obviously it's been a a little bit of a weird start at Notre Dame but certainly you know him pretty decently from his time at UC Uh, what are your impressions of what he brings to Notre Dame now as their defense coordinator
4: yeah I know uh, I know him very well Marcus is a great guy great coach phenomenal recruiter and I know early on people are saying wait what's going on with his defense but keep in mind you you got guys that got a not just learn a new system and new terminology. They got to unlearn the stuff they've been doing for a couple of years under Clark Lee, right? So there's going to be a transition in there. I thought you started to see it last week with the generation of the turnovers and things like that. Um, what I think Marcus Freeman does best is he puts his best players in positions to make play. He, he doesn't have a, hey, this is how I do defense. No, he's going to look at his squad. He's going to look at where he's, you know, who does what well, and he's going to put those players in position. He's not going to just run some system because that's what he's been running his whole life. I think he does that well. He puts his players in position to make plays, and he does it in a way where they're not out there thinking. They're out there flying around and reacting. So I think it's certainly going to be a great tenure for Marcus Freeman. There'll be some hiccups maybe early on, but in the long term, this is the guy, trust me.
0: Finally, how does this one play out between Notre Dame and Cincinnati? Uh, wh- where do you think this, this one heads? And, and are you, are you allowed to openly cheer for Notre Dame on your radio program or <laughs> you have to, you have to couch things? How did you, did you no, have to couch no, things? No, this week? I, look,
4: I, I've been telling and everybody's, you know, and look, I'm a big UC fan because I, as I said earlier, I want, I want success in sports in this town. We, we deserve it. we got great sports fans in Cincinnati and we haven't experienced any, in a long time. But I, as I've told my listeners, I, I bleed gold though, man, on this, this week, I gotta be, I gotta be for the Irish. It's, it's, uh, it really is going to be a great matchup, but I know I'm not saying anything that, um, that nuanced here, but it's going to come down to Notre Dame's offensive line because, you know, you see in my Jay Sanders, a defensive end, they got some guys that can flat bring it. And if Notre Dame can find a way to protect and run the ball a little bit, I, I think they'll have a chance. Cause I like the things, Notre Dame is doing defensively. But but I mean I just so everyone knows UC has a real squad. I mean, I, I follow this team and I've followed them, seen them in person for probably seven years. They they go, they do their training camp literally not 10 minutes from my house. And so you go all the way back to the Tommy Tuberville days at UC and what that team looked like just from the bodies and and just how things were being run to what it is now, what I saw before the season. This is a real legitimate power five looking team. I'm talking about just the, the guys they've recruited and the athletes and things like that. So it's going to be a tough test for Notre Dame. It really is. I'm rooting for my guy, Michael Mayer. He's a local guy from Northern Kentucky. He's got to have a huge game. And I know UC is going to make it priority number one to take him out of the game. If they got to double him, they got to do whatever they got to do. They're going to make sure that Michael Mayer does not beat them. So Somebody else on that team is going to have to step up, and I think that's going to be the difference.
0: Rocky, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, enjoy – well, you won't even get to watch the game, but uh, enjoy maybe watching it on replay later on after whatever game you're doing.
4: No, I'll, I'll actually get to watch it. My game tonight is uh, – it's uh, Eastern Washington, so I'm, I'm like a 10.30 p.m. game, oh. so I got all morning to watch it, so, so this is great. But, Angela, I really appreciate uh, you having me on, man. Thank you so much.
0: right, that's former Notre Dame captain Rocky Boyman joining us here.
1: Uh, Great insight in every aspect. Uh, What are some of the highlights for you, Kevin? Well, obviously the faith component, the RCA, that was neat. The um, perseverance story, you know, being close to being out of it. I guess I didn't realize he had such a good uh, run in the NFL. The the one – Thing for me, just personally remembering Rocky Boyman. When I was a young coach, I was really fortunate. I got a chance to work at the Notre Dame football camp with a lot of good young coaches. But under Bob Davy, literally our prototype was: hey, let's find another Rocky Boyman type, stand-up outside <laughs> linebacker. You know, these are the attributes. And I remember there was a a coach that brought his uh, his son over from Iowa, and he was this big muscular redheaded kid and he was like no this is it this is it i'm like well okay i i didn't realize rocky had so much um of the defensive back in his his uh past because he was you know he was such a stout run defender but yeah it was just neat um I, again, I love Cincinnati. I go there all the time, and guys named Rocky—you can't really beat that for a football name. That's true. That 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 is generally. And I thought his insight about uh, you, you've kind of been
0: like ah, I don't know who Cincinnati's played, and Rocky's pointing yeah? out, hey, they're legit, everybody. So, uh, but apparently, uh, the. The fan base of Notre Dame does not think Cincinnati is legit based on uh, the Twitter (laughs) poll we had on who's going to win here today. We'll get those results. We'll give our previews of what's going to happen here today and our predictions. It's the game day sprint on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays when we return on Redeemer Radio. If you want even more football, our listeners in Fort Wayne can catch St. Francis' home opener against Siena Heights today at noon on 106.3 FM. In Michigan, on the high school front, we'll have Marion and Elkhart next Friday night in the second-last game of the regular season. Listen on 95.7 FM or watch on facebook.com slash 95.7 sports. But, of course, our focus here for the next well, seven minutes, and then the rest of the day is Notre Dame-Cincinnati top ten showdown at Notre Dame Stadium. Bearcats 3-0 coming off a bye. We didn't mention that. Yet another team coming off a bye. Yep. Wisconsin was coming off the bye. Didn't work out for them. Uh, Notre Dame ranked ninth in the country at 4-0. and And we've talked uh, a little bit about Desmond Ritter and his potential considered a likely first-round NFL pick. Let's listen in on what Brian Kelly had to say when asked this week about what makes Desmond Ritter so dangerous
2: he's got the ability to put the ball down the field. I, I think his deep balls are as good as we've seen um, in, in a long time. I mean, and I mean anybody that we've played in a long time, he throws the ball down the field very, very well. And then his, his ability to run. I mean, those are the two things that separate him from a lot of the quarterbacks that we've played is the ability to push the ball down the field, deep balls, and that's what he wants to do, and then his ability to run.
0: I mean, that combination is very yeah. dangerous, and he's a veteran. Yeah, I was I mean, going to
1: say that's also his experiences. I mean,
0: he's 33-5 and five as a starter. This guy's been doing this for a long time. That's a that's a very big advantage when you're that good as well.
1: What well, do you like about him? You know, I obviously his arm and being able to throw deep and decision-making. Um, on some of the design runs, he looked like, wow, that is kind of surprising, and then, you know, really just watching it a couple times Uh, even when plays break down he can still uh, make some things happen with his legs I guess that was surprising to me because he is such a good passer and, and does make usually quick decisions so if his offensive line does falter a little bit you know he he can make things happen.
0: He, he has lost quite a bit of yardage because of sacks that have happened because of uh, the offensive line faltering. But if you take away just his rush attempts, he's averaging about six, rushing att- uh, six yards per carry. He has 24 career rushing touchdowns, 64 career passing touchdowns. Uh, this year, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Really good quarterback, and again, that that deep ball could be a problem, right? You didn't see that against Wisconsin. They didn't have the ability to go deep, and yeah. Cincinnati does with, you know, Tyler Scott, Alex Pierce, Michael Young. They've got some weapons to be able to do that. That might be one of the biggest challenges Notre Dame's defense faces here today is preventing that deep pass, that big play
1: that yeah. haunted them in the first two weeks. Well, because besides Kyle Hamilton, um, it's always a little bit of hold your breath and worry about the matchups, especially deep. But yeah, the, the skilled guys are good for Cincinnati, uh, but I think it's going to come down to those offensive linemen for that team as well against yeah. an aggressive D- Notre Dame defense.
0: And in many ways, it's going to come down to the offensive line on both sides of the ball, right? Because yeah uh the defensive side uh, Maje Harris here's a guy that you everyone's been planning around it seems like his stats aren't that high but he's considered uh, an NFL prospect and uh people have been been planning around him and then the other guy is you know when your name is sauce that's pretty good yeah. Ahmad Sauce Gardner <laughs> uh considered a shutdown cornerback he might Kevin Austin might not be able to get much done here because this guy might be able to shut him down that could be a problem then uh, you, you got to get other guys involved here
1: today in the in the past game well and again Kevin Austin's come off of a really big big game I think I, yeah I think honestly the, yes good players Um, Marcus Freeman recruited him but more than anything it's almost like scheme o- over yeah. players for this because some of those defensive linemen may pop free because they're blitzing different linebackers and doing twists and I mean it yeah it's To me, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but the keys to the game for both. Whoever wins this, it'll be which offensive line handles the aggressive defensive pressure from the front seven for both defenses. Well,
0: and to Ilya's point earlier, uh, Cincinnati's defense is giving up 138 rushing yards per game so far. That's to Miami, Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana. So if there's ever a game that you should be able to run the ball this this might be eight. All right, Kevin gave his key to the game. What, what's your key to the game real quick, Ilya? Uh,
3: for me, it's to rattle Ritter. Um, he's asking for it this week. He said he, that this crowd is going to be loud for too long. So I you asked for that. it, and we're going to bring in this defensive line. He's going to bring it A-plus defensive line, Kevin. I'm going to go with defense
0: can't give up the big place today, uh, and they got to be efficient in the red zone. Uh, Cincinnati has been very good in the red zone. 12 of 14 trips, they've scored touchdowns. Notre Dame, five of nine trips to the red zone scoring touchdowns. That could be a major factor in this game as well. All right, in our Twitter poll, Notre Dame wins by five or more, got 60% of the vote. You're
3: feeling good. That was a great fourth quarter.
1: What do you got? (laughs) I think it's going to be close. Uh, 28-21, Notre Dame. Oh, wow. You got Notre Dame by seven. Ilya?
3: Yeah, just a little uh, fun fact. This is the second time, uh, or the first time since 2010, that Notre Dame has been an underdog to a group of five team. The team in 2010 they were an underdog to is Utah, who they beat 28-3. to I'm going uh, – this isn't going to be close. 38-17 Notre Dame. Wow. Ooh.
0: I'm going Notre Dame 20-17 after I picked Wisconsin and won last week. i got to yep. go with the Irish here. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. For Ilya, Kevin, I'm Angelo. Notre Dame Cincinnati, 2:30 kickoff on NBC. We'll see you next Saturday here at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
1: Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.
0: Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The Golden Rule. When you schedule a financial checkup with Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our people will be helpful and honest and kind. They will
2: look for ways to save you money. And when your checkup is complete, they will send $150 to Redeemer Radio. For more info, visit Notre slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits?
0: Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.